ultimately, I created the Cernig brand roughly a year ago and then wasn't exactly sure what to do with it. I knew I needed something to act as an umbrella, but I wasn't sure how to explain what Cernig was all about. And I've recently been gaining more clarity, and I want to talk to you about that today, plus a whole lot of other stuff that's been on my mind. I'm Colin Cernelia, and this is a Cernig solo pod. Okay, before I get into some recent life themes, I want to establish why Cernig exists. Cernig is a lot of things. It's my talent acquisition and recruiting career. It's my work around leadership and culture. It's my Substack writing and my Amazon bestseller, Culture of Excellence. It's my podcasting career, which currently includes this podcast and Two Jocks and a Schlub. Okay, so those are the things, but what is the purpose of Sir Nick? Well, the main purpose is to make a connection. A connection with you, the listener. I've realized that I have a core following, roughly the size of a Major League Baseball roster. I'm not a celebrity, but I'm also not a nobody. And after creating content for, let's say, roughly five years now, I've long been ready to make new content. I've... I guess that's not right. I've long been ready to not just make new content, but I want to make I want to do a better job at connecting with my audience. So there's a little bit of a, a little bit of friction there, right? Like in order to connect with the audience, you have to make new content. But I just don't want to pump out content and forget about my audience, if that makes sense. So a discovery that I had is that people who listen to this podcast and who listen to me in general, they like to hear stories about my life. And I've also heard that I truly influence people. I've been told that by multiple people I highly, highly respect. I shouldn't really be surprised by this. Two of my favorite big name people in the world, they are comedians, the comedian Bill Burr, and the writer Joe Posnanski, they're so high on my list because I actually know who they are. They both have a gift for using podcasts, using podcasting, however you say it, to connect with their listeners. They focus more on telling personal anecdotes than on always trying to be the expert on their podcast. So I'm going to try my best to emulate that and emulate them. I'm not going to try and be hilarious like Bill or serious romantic about sports like Joe, but I think I've identified things that people know are my passions and they like hearing me talk about them. We'll see in a couple months (laughs) from now if my thesis and my theories are correct. All right, rolling right along here. Recently, I've noticed a few themes in my life. Some were planned, some were not. Others have a mixed bag. Let me break down the three themes first. So theme number one is about experiences. Theme number two is changes and adjustments. Theme number three is mental resilience. Let's start with 
experiences. Theme number one. Most of these, luckily, have been planned. <laughs> uh, for example, back in December, my lo- lovely wife, Christine, and I, we welcomed our second daughter into this world. Her name is Aria, and she is what I call my girl, Smiley. I also call her Slick. I call my oldest daughter, Bambino. After Babe Ruth, Slick was Mickey Mantle's nickname. But the experience of, again, having a newborn has been fun. It's been challenging. And most of all, it's been loving and rewarding. Aria is such a great kid. Smiles, laughs, is very chill, which is super needed when you have a wild two-and-a-half-year-old toddler. Stella, I love you, but you're crazy. (laughs) Uh, But our family, you know, I feel at this point we're pretty complete with the four of us, and that's a pretty cool feeling to have. I also dubbed... 2023 you know way back when january you know not not too long ago but long enough when i was on leave and i was talking about okay how do we want to go about this year and i dubbed it the year of experiences and that's mainly based around live events which you know so much of that was taken away from us during the pandemic so i'll run down a list of what i've already done from an experience standpoint and what's to come uh, let's see, already done. I mean, I actually made a list here. So I went to a beer fest with friend of the podcast and neighbor Dalvin. I saw Chris Rock again with Dalvin and other friend of the podcast, Devin Conley. Uh, we saw a stand up, the same stand up routine that you can now see on Netflix, but I tell you it was way better in person than it was on Netflix, although it's pretty cool to have to relive there. Uh, And I also got to see Penn State softball come here to Charlotte and take on our 49ers. Uh, That was a really cool experience. I saw the first career home run from one of my good friends, Danny Faye, her girlfriend, Caitlin. And uh, that was just a a really cool moment that uh, I don't think either one of us uh, predicted was going to happen. But I caught it on camera and uh, just a really fun thing to be a part of. All right, coming up. Let's see here. About three years of cancellations, after about three years of cancellations, uh, Christine and I are finally going to see Matchbox 20 in July. Super, super excited about this. Uh, First off, it's at a really cool venue here in Charlotte's Pavilion Outdoors. I love outdoor concerts. There's just a different feel, a different vibe to it all. And so I'm hoping that we get good weather that night. There's not a thunderstorm. There's a lot of late evening, early night thunderstorms here in Charlotte that time of year, but hopefully we'll luck out and have some good weather to finally see Matchbox 20. Uh, I'm also excited because you know this is one band, um, I would say them and maybe the Foo Fighters and Puddle of Mud to a certain extent. This is one of those three that came about during you know my childhood. Uh, most of the music I listen to is what's considered classic rock and at some point, this music, too, will be considered classic rock if it's not already. Um, but Matchbox 20 came about you know, during my lifetime. Uh, it was on, I, I joke with Christine all the time, where we grew up in Syracuse, New York. 93Q was one of the hit radio stations. And every time we hear certain songs when we're listening to Matchbox 20, we're like, wow, that's, that's a trip back to uh, listening to 93Q in the car with our parents or something like that. Uh, But there's other reasons besides the nostalgia as to why I'm excited. I think Matchbox 20 and much like Puddle of Mud and much like Foo Fighters 
Um, they kind of fit the criteria for personally what I like out of rock and roll bands. Uh, I like there to be a distinct voice, um, and, and I literally mean that from the lead singer or lead singers, uh, depending on the band. Uh, I like there to be some type of really distinct guitar uh, that you can hear in the music. And I love probably more than anything else. Uh, I never got to play the drums. Maybe Stella, maybe Aria will play the drums one day and I'll be able to live through them. But there's something about a real drummer in a rock and roll band and hearing how they play the music, how they lead the music and just how they rock it. That just is, is so great. I, I love it with the Eagles and Don Henley. I love it with Bruce Springsteen and, um, and mighty Max Weinberg. Like there's just so many great drummers out there. Neil Peart, the late Neil Peart. Uh, he was amazing with rush. Um, and, and, you know, even Foo Fighters, um, you know, their, their drummer who passed away last year like that, that sound is distinct to me. So I'm excited to see Matchbox 20 because, you know, for the first time I'm <laughs> going to probably be among a lot more of my peers than people who are like 20, 30, 40 years older than I am. Um, and this, this is music that I grew up with and, and this is music that I can just enjoy and have fun and really be in love with. And music is something that is so powerful in my life. So that's, that's one I'm really excited about and just really grateful that after three years of cancellations, we finally get to see them. Also in July, I am heading out to Colorado with my two best friends, Ethan and Matt, two co-hosts of Two Jocks and a Schlub. And we are going to see Trampled by Turtles, another one of my favorite bands. This is more of an indie band. I have uh, seen them only once with Ethan, Ethan and Matt, um, especially Ethan have, has seen them a bunch of times, more times than probably I've seen Springsteen. Uh, but uh, we're going to see him at Red Rocks, which is a venue I've never been to and is one that's supposed to be amazing. Uh, so I'm super excited to be out there with them, with some of their family and uh, in, in their significant others even. And uh, that's going to be a great time. That's on Thursday night. And then on Friday night, we're headed to Coors Field to see the Yankees play, uh, play the Rockies. And uh, it's the first time that the three of us... And, and again, there may be more joining us, but at least the three of us have been together for a ball game since 2018, which is obviously pre-pandemic and a long time ago. Matt and I have gotten together twice for games since then. We went to L.A. in 2019 on Players Weekend and saw the Yanks play the Dodgers. And then we saw the Yankees last year up in Baltimore. Uh, we saw Judgey pretty much tear it up like he did all season long but super excited to uh never been to colorado in general so i'm going to see two really cool venues uh, among other things that i'm sure we'll do throughout the long weekend there and uh, that's going to be a really fun stretch uh the matchbox 20 concert is actually that tuesday so i <laughs> got a pretty exciting week there the matchbox 20 on tuesday trampled by turtles on thursday and then the yankees on friday in August, we are going to see Beyonce as she runs her tour here through Charlotte. Definitely excited to see that one and uh, was a little nervous that the tickets were going to be outrageous given what happened with um, you know some, some other artists, one that I, I won't name on this podcast, but uh, it's uh, it was an affordable ticket and uh, we're, we're way up uh, at the uh, Bank of America Stadium here in Charlotte, but I know it'll be a good time and going with friends Devin Conley and, and 
Devin and Sam Conley, and uh, that'll be a really good time as well. Uh, I also have plans to go see the Beach Boys with Stella, uh, and I um, <laughs> I know that that may sound a little crazy, but Stella loves the Beach Boys, and uh, I think knowing how old the Beach Boys are and the limited number of band members that are even left and the amount of times that they might tour again, that it's a pretty serious consideration right now that I'm going to figure out a way to get her there, take her, have some noise-canceling headphones and make sure she takes a late nap so she can stay up a little bit later that night and have just a a really fun father-daughter moment. Um, I also have a really fun wedding anniversary gift idea uh, planned out, semi-planned out for me and Christine once I get this job situation figured out. More on the job in a bit. Coming up next week, though... I am experiencing my first VIP treatment. I'm headed to Greensboro right here in North Carolina, about an hour, 15 minutes away to see the Eagles and have I have a front row ticket. Uh, There's a lot of other details. You get a lot of swag, commemorative ticket, um, early access, things like that. There's details that I don't know yet that I'm going to find out over the course of the next few days. But needless to say, I am super, super pumped about this Uh, even if it's going to be a solo outing for me i love the eagles i'm thrilled about being front row and getting to see don henley sing hotel california wasted time boys of summer um just get to see him i love joe walsh too my that's my wife's favorite i get to see him rock out rocky mountain way different songs like that so i'm just really really excited and and uh you know, those are just the things off the top of my head, but you know, I think you can see that we made a, a conscious effort um, to plan experiences this year. Uh, we went to Charleston <laughs> just this past weekend, Folly Beach, got to see some family, went there for a wedding. Uh, we have some other travel plans, maybe depending on how things all shake out here, but um, we definitely made a commitment to spend our disposable income on experiences this year and really try to cut back on buying things, um, especially for the kids. They have so many things, so uh, we'll see how that continues to go throughout the year here. But theme number two, changes and adjustments. <laughs> uh, this one's a mixed bag of planning and unplanned experiences. Uh, the unplanned I got laid off from my full-time talent acquisition leadership position on March 1st. A lot of you already know that. If you're hearing it for the first time, sorry to break the news. (laughs) Um, It's been an interesting journey. I I think the, the way, the most concise way that I can talk about it is I miss the idealism behind what we were doing at Snappy Kraken. However, knowing how things have turned out, I don't think that I would be happy um, if, if I had been one of the people spared. I mean, obviously, I would have an income, I would have a job, that would make a huge difference, but the environment completely changed um, pretty much overnight there. And you know that, that's been really difficult, not just for me, but just knowing how many of my coworkers are out of work and really struggling and um, having challenges working through the job hunt, different things like that. Like it, it's just a difficult situation all along, all, all around, uh, I should say. Um, my job hunt has been a mix of ups and downs. Um, you know, I've started to 
work on plans to do a little bit more consulting because I have a lot of experience around building talent acquisition departments. I'm really great at the identification piece too, um, but uh, I, I know I can help early stage startups like I have in the past. So I've started to put a little bit of work into that as maybe a second um, stream of income for us as a family. Um, but otherwise, I've just been you know, trying to stay in a positive mindset that's much easier said than done. Um, creating content like this definitely fills my cup and helps put me in a good mood. Um, but you know, I'm hopeful that there'll be something from a full-time perspective that shakes out soon. And uh, you know, once that does, maybe some of the, the other things I can spend a little bit more time and uh, you know just keep working at it. But uh, also unplanned, uh, this late, late, late last year, kind of carrying over into this year was uh, some of Christine's health challenges. Uh, again, if, if you know us or you follow Christine, I'm sure you know that she's had a, a wild journey, <laughs> to say the least. And, you know, that's been difficult on uh, both of us. I mean, her in particular, obviously, but, you know, I love her and that's been hard to be the person who... I just feel like there's not much I can do um, in, in a lot of these cases. And, uh, you know, I know she's scared. I know she's frustrated. But, you know, there's I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, I felt helpless at times. And it's been challenging, you know, just trying to take care of the kids when, you know, she's not doing well. But um, for the most part, we've had more positive days than negative days uh we haven't been to the hospital in 2023 that that's a goal uh, to keep it that way and uh you know we'll we'll get through it but uh that certainly was an unplanned you know thing that has uh forced us to to change and to adjust uh the way we communicate the way that we go about our day-to-day -day lives and so many other things um a mix of the unplanned and planned was so we found out in January that our wonderful nanny Karen of almost two and a half years was leaving us. Uh, she decided that she wanted to do something a little bit different, which Christine and I both knew was going to come at some point. We just didn't know exactly when. And, um, you know, she told us, gave us plenty of notice, gave us like a month and a half notice, really. And, uh, you know, couldn't have handled it any better from that perspective. But, you know, it's been challenging. Uh, you know, we had to basically do a job search to find another nanny, and then um, it, it was how do we how do we integrate a new nanny uh, and <laughs> have it be as as seamless as it was with Karen, and that has proven to uh, be challenging. Our you know two and a half year old Stella, she loved Karen, loves Karen. Um, and it definitely took her a little while to warm up to our new nanny, Alexis. Uh, but they've definitely hit their stride over the past week or so and are getting along. And Stella's referring to her as one of her best friends, which is great to hear, uh, especially because now we're throwing Aria into the mix. <laughs> uh, so lots of changes there. You know, again, some of it planned, some of it we knew we were going to be adding a second baby to our nanny mix. But we didn't know we were going to be having a different nanny. And uh, we also, I, well, at least myself, I think I misjudged uh, how boundaries needed to be reset for Stella um, because her relationship with Karen and how Christine and I went about our work days was the only thing she knew uh, because that's just how she grew up. And then when it all changed, 
it was a big adjustment for her. So, you know, we've been working through all of that and, you know, hopefully we're, we're on the other end now working toward, you know, just a lot of positivity, a lot of happiness and uh, a lot of good things for all three of them. And then Christine and I too. <laughs> so I'll finish this episode by briefly talking about the third theme, mental resilience. It is hard to be a new dad with a two and a half year old. It is hard to help your two and a half year old navigate so many changes in such a short period of time. It is hard to be labeled non-essential <laughs> as an employee and also be told that your work was flawless and then put yourself back out in the super competitive job market with a broken recruitment system, which I'm not going to get into today, but I can certainly talk about in the future if anyone's interested. What I circle back to is a phrase I adopted about a year ago from Kara Lawson, who's the head coach for the Duke women's basketball team. Handle hard better. Mental resilience. They're the same thing. Life is hard. <laughs> um, you know, just because things seem harder in the moment right now doesn't mean that they're going to get easier in the future. They may, and that's great, but there may be you know something else hard that comes up. How we overcome that, how we grow from that, how we learn from that, that's how we handle hard better. And every time a hard situation comes up, you have a leg up on everyone else because you you understand how to handle it in a way that most people can't. And what I mean by that is most people want to take the easy approach to fixing a hard situation. They want to ignore a hard situation. They don't want to build that that mental resilience that it takes to day in, day out, do the things that you know are necessary to be successful and to build sustainability for yourself, for your family, for your company, whatever it is. And they look for the easy solution. But if we handle hard better by solving complex problems, by documenting that so that we have a point of reference to turn back to the next time a hard situation comes up, I know that we can be in a better position and I know that it's worth it. So while we've been as a family encountering a lot of hard and challenging situations, especially over the course of the past few months, I know that we can handle it. We have great communication. When we don't have good communication, we figure out how to get better. There's a lot, there are a lot of positive things that I've taken away from the past few months. And I know it's going to make me a better person in the future. It's going to make me a better dad, a better husband, a better son, a better brother, whatever it is, better grandson. And we'll get through it and we'll be ready for the next obstacle when that comes. All right, <laughs> so 
I know this episode was all over the place. I don't know in the future if I'm going to have some type of outline or some type of order that I follow. But I think for me, connection just comes about talking about the things that matter to you. And right now, those themes, those are what matter to me. Those are what I think about pretty often. They're what I'm trying to work through. They're what I'm trying to have fun doing. Uh, They're what I'm trying to learn and get better from, depending on which theme it is. So uh, I don't know you know, if that's something that resonates with you, but if it is, I would love to hear from you. Please reach out. Most of you probably listening have my phone number, have my email. If you don't find a way to find me on social media, contact me. I would love to talk. Just want to say you know, thank you for listening, for tuning in. Please, if you can, consider sharing the episode and giving it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, Those are the surest ways to help this thing grow. Coming up later this week, my good friend Hannah Lichtenstein and I have our latest edition of What's Up in Wospo, where we talk a lot about parody in women's sports, among other topics. Look for that on my Substack. I'm also working on a fun Let's Go State column. That will likely be ready early next week. Uh, again, check out my Substack for that. Uh, so as always, <laughs> there's a lot to consume. If you like my stuff, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the support. Uh, go Yankees, and happy opening day to all of those that celebrate tomorrow. We'll see you further on up the road. Take it easy. Take it easy.